People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. When and how much should I save for retirement? How do I get out of debt? Does my budget make sense? And what the heck is a 403B? Many are worried about the personal finances or feel overwhelmed by the task of managing them. Welcome back to Savvy Psychologist. I'm your host, Dr. Jay Wu. Every week, I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Today, we have a candid conversation about money anxiety with money girl, Laura Adams. She offers practical answers to questions about paying bills, prioritizing debts, saving, and navigating uncertain financial times. And she does it with all the compassion you've come to expect from yours truly. Even in the best of times, managing personal finances can be daunting. But things can feel even more dire during life or career transitions after unexpected expenses, or especially when there's a global financial downturn. Sometimes money questions can feel so overwhelming that we avoid thinking about it, letting the bills pile up or not checking our credit score. Sometimes the opposite happens. We can't stop worrying and we feel stuck in making financial decisions for ourselves and our families. If you experience money anxiety, you're certainly not alone, especially right now when there's so much uncertainty and change in the economy. How can we dial down the anxiety meter so we can keep our heads and make wise money decisions? I talked to a money expert to find some answers. And not just any money expert. I talked to Laura Adams, one of the nation's leading personal finance and small business authorities. As an award-winning author, media spokesperson, and host of the top-rated Money Girl podcast since 2008, Millions of readers, listeners, and loyal fans benefit from her practical advice. She's written multiple books, and the latest title is Money Smart Solopreneur, a personal finance system for freelancers, entrepreneurs, and side hustlers. I love her work not only because she's got great practical advice, but also because she brings empathy and compassion to all her listeners and readers. We had a great conversation about how to manage money anxiety with practical tips and some reassurance. Well, welcome to the show, Laura. We're so excited to have you with us. Thank you, Jade. It's really fun to be with you. Thank you. Well, so let's dive in with the first question I have for you, which is what are the most common money anxieties that you hear about from people? And are there any ones lately that are particularly salient? 
I think a big anxiety is just not getting started early enough. I think a lot of people reach middle age, maybe even they approach retirement and just feel like they they haven't done a good enough job of saving. That's pretty common. Even people who've saved a lot, you know, will also feel anxious. It's like you just never have enough. So if you are starting earlier, I think that can give you a sense of peace and security that, you know, at least you have a plan in place. So just, you know, not getting started early enough is huge. And certainly right now, people are anxious about burning through their savings. You know, if they've lost their job, if they're dealing with maybe fewer working hours, maybe they have already burned through a lot of savings and they're worried about what am I going to do next? Should I be using my credit card? Should I be tapping my retirement account? All of those questions about, you know, where should I either be pulling more money or what bills should I be prioritizing? You know, should I stop paying certain bills or should I only be paying minimums on certain bills? So there's definitely a lot of anxiety right now. I think about just managing cash flow and making sure that people are tapping their savings in a smart way and maybe also how they can continue to save? You know, should they be saving for retirement or should they just totally cut that off and pause those contributions while they kind of get their financial house in order or or play catch up due to the pandemic? Absolutely. That's so on point. I think I can certainly relate to some of those anxieties you spoke about. And I think you tap into a really important point, which is that there are a lot of emotional decisions around personal finances. And right now, people are maybe having to make a lot of decisions that feel very emotional that they were not planning on making yet, or just not ready to make those decisions. So what are some emotional decision-making examples that you can think of And how can we avoid the pitfalls of falling prey to those emotions and not thinking rationally? I do think that there are tons of emotions with money, you know, both good and and negative. Um, Some of the most, I think, emotionally fraught money decisions have to do with our self-esteem. I mean, if we feel like our standing with our finances, it like equates to our self-esteem, how we view ourselves or how other people see us, we can kind of combine those into our decision-making in a way that's not wise. So for instance, let's say if you are really embarrassed about the fact that you are behind or having difficulty on payments, you maybe will procrastinate a little bit. Maybe you don't reach out to your lender to say, help, you know, what can I do? What should I be thinking about? And that's because you feel embarrassed about it. But the reality is there are a lot of people in the same boat that you're in. Everybody's dealing with a problem. And I can guarantee you that whatever financial challenge or problem that you're dealing with, there are people who are dealing with far worse. So putting that in perspective, I think, is really the key uh, and realizing that you're not alone. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. And the quicker, the faster that you meet a financial challenge, the better your options. The more options you're going to have, the more, more flexibility. So having the conversation with the lender and just being honest and, and not feeling shy about that, it's going to give you more options in the long run. So that's an example, I think, of an area where kind of owning up to your emotions and just not letting that kind of stop you. 
you just can't let it put up a barrier to finding solutions. Um, if you're not looking at the solutions and you're just dwelling on the problem, you're dwelling on the negative, you're really not going to ever give your, yourself the opportunity to move forward. I love that answer because it's not only so practical, but also very compassionate. And I think that's the wisdom in it because we are all humans. We're not totally rational all the time. These emotions do play into our decisions and we do sometimes feel shame or feel embarrassed. And you're right. When these emotions get in the way of our decision making, we can sometimes get pulled into an unwise direction. So I super appreciate that piece of advice. And you know, one of the other things I love about your podcast, in addition to the compassion that you bring, is that you give people very clear priorities for what to do first. Because, for example, if you're trying to save for retirement, there's a clear step one versus step two, step three. And so in this moment, in these very uncertain times, what would you advise people to prioritize if they're feeling kind of wobbly or feeling uncertain about their personal finances? I do think that having as much savings as possible right now is a really good way to help yourself feel better. You know, if you can, let's say, put all the savings, you know, we're not going out to dinners these days. We're not, you know, a lot of us are not buying clothes for work or for fancy events. Using those savings from those types of things that you're not buying, if you can funnel that into just an emergency fund or, or even continue to invest for retirement, if you've got contributions set up, if you can continue on that path, I think those habits, just keeping those good habits are really one way to feel like, okay, you know, maybe I'm a little uncertain about the future, but at least I know that I've got some savings there to back me up if needed. And if you're somebody who is really struggling, you're not able to make any retirement contributions or save, really just making sure that you're taking care of your family, making sure that you have your needs taken care of, that's food, that's shelter. Making sure that you are not, uh, let's say, paying creditors who are knocking at your door asking to be paid. Don't pay them before you are taking care of yourself and your family and, and your basic needs. I mean, that's just something that you're going to have to to face up to. There may be some of your creditors that don't get paid or they're just going to get minimum payments from you, let's say, on a credit card. And if you are living on a credit card, you're really leaning on those cards right now you're going to need to maintain at least the minimum payment so you stay in good standing. Going to your, let's say if you're a homeowner, going to your mortgage lender and asking, what are the options? You know, can we uh, temporarily suspend payments? Or maybe to your landlord, can we suspend payments? Figuring out where you can kind of push some creditors and, and people off temporarily so that you can take care of yourself and your family. Don't pay other people before you pay yourself, basically. That's so refreshing to hear. I think this is so useful to people, so helpful for people to basically get permission to really take care of themselves and their family. Because I think often the advice that we hear is do whatever you can to keep the wolves at bay and maybe not so much compassionately hearing that, yes, I am worthy of being taken care of and I should take care of my family. So that's lovely to hear. And this really, I think, speaks to the financial hardships that many people are finding themselves in these days much more than usual. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. Do you have any specific advice for people who recently lost their jobs due to COVID-19, especially given that we don't really know when all of this is going to go back to normal, quote unquote? Right. So definitely communication is the key, as we mentioned, just talking very honestly with your lenders, your creditors, making sure they know the challenges that you're facing. If they don't know, they can't help you. They can't put some solutions forward. And I would say also, before you have those conversations, think about what really would help you, what what is going to be best. Maybe have a couple of you know proposals to put forward thinking it through, uh, kind of creating a plan ahead of time. If you've got some solutions that you can propose, a creditor may be willing to take you up on it. Also, have your financial information handy. They're probably going to ask, what's your income? What's your, what are your expenses? You know, what savings do you have? So kind of gathering all that information is not only going to help you, but it's going to help your creditors help you as well. Because if you say, well, gosh, I don't know what my expenses are. I don't know what my income is. They're really not going to favorably, you know, work on your behalf. They're going to need to know at least a little bit about where you stand. And it's a great time as you gather up your information to see, well, you know, what are my expenses? Where can I cut back? What are the essentials that I'm going to need to hang on to? And trying to uh, figure out ways to lower those expenses. So maybe shopping around, figuring out, can I uh, reduce my internet plan, my cable plan? All of these things that you probably need right now, you might be able to do a lower, let's say, tier of subscription or plan. You might be able to get some help from even utility companies to get some forbearance right now. So really gathering your information, doing some shopping on all of those essential expenses, cutting back those that you can live without, and you know what those are. We all know what they are. We don't want to cut them, but it's temporary. If you think about this as 
This is a step to get me in the right direction, to get me back on track. This doesn't mean that you're never going to be able to, let's say, go to the gym again or never, ever going to be able to have internet or rather cable again. You know, thinking about what are some sacrifices that you can make in the short term that will really help you. It won't be forever. You know, in in most cases, likely you're going to get back on track. You're going to get income coming in again and you're going to be able to get caught up. But in the short term, you probably need to make some sacrifices. So talk about those with your creditors. Tell them what you're doing without. Let them know, hey, I've cut this, this, and this. And I'm still struggling. You know, I'm still having problems. Those are the types of things they need to hear from you, very concrete information about your finances uh, in order for them to come up with some formulas, either to reduce payments or to say, okay, we're going to give you forbearance for X number of months and really just give you some concrete solutions. Wow, I have to say, I never even knew that was an option to talk to creditors, to come up with compromises to propose forbearance plans or payment plans. That's really interesting to know. So from what you've said so far, I'm hearing a couple of themes. Let me know if this is correct. So getting out of our heads and our rumination and instead acting, so doing more, strategizing, putting together our information, organizing our information, reaching out for help, reaching out to creditors to talk about payment plans, making a budget, actively talking with our family members to see where we can make sacrifices and where we can't. So basically, would it be fair to say, think less, do more, or to worry less and do more? I love that. Yes, absolutely. Because until you start having conversations and really looking also, you know, looking actively at your own financial situation, you probably aren't going to see solutions. It's only when you start digging into it and you say, oh, wow, I didn't realize I'm paying this much for, you know, this particular subscription. Let me, let's cut back on that. Or, oh, I forgot that we were subscribed to this thing and we, we should probably cut that. Or you go to the lender and they say, hey, we have this program that is a grant that we can give to certain families in a particular county to help them with their utility bills for a certain period of time. You're just not going to know what's available until you kind of start probing and asking. And as you said, it is that it really is thinking and worrying less and just communicating more, asking questions. Um, the question that you want to ask is, how can you help me? You know, it's really that simple. Here's my situation. How can you help me? If you're not asking for that help, they're not likely to just call you on the phone and say, oh my gosh, we have this wonderful deal for you. And this is something that I always see when it comes to insurance as well. In auto insurance, home insurance, you know, these are other areas where you can probably get some savings simply by shopping, asking your carrier, what discounts do I qualify for? You know, what else is out there? And, you know, nine times out of 10, there is some something that you're missing and the carrier will come up with with it. Oh, you you work in a certain occupation or, oh, you're married now and you were single when you previously got the policy. Well, now you qualify for a discount. Oh, your credit is better or worse now that you're going to have a difference. So there's just a lot that we don't know until we start asking for help. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, all these options open up. And you can move forward. I love that. So don't be shy. Ask, investigate, research, strategize, and just see what 
what's possible out there. Yeah. And certainly it's easier said than done. I know a lot of people would rather put their head in the sand and just wish that all of this would go away. But the reality is, you know, coming back to what we were talking about in the beginning, you're not alone, you know. So I think don't be shy. Don't feel that you just don't have the options. They're there. So feel confident in your ability. And not everybody that you talk to is going to have a solution, but I guarantee you there will be some of your creditors and your some of your financial arrangements can be improved or helped just by having those conversations. So it's worth it. You might hear a couple of no's, but you're going to also hear some yeses when you start having those conversations. That's so encouraging to hear. So you've already started answering my next question and my final question, which is, is there anything hopeful you can tell listeners who are facing uncertainty right now? And you've already spoken to the possibility of finding some solutions if you just ask. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Yeah, I do think that we have a lot to be thankful for. You know, the stock market is still in good shape. So investing is still a great thing to do. And that's something a lot of people have been asking right now is, hey, you know, the stock market is so volatile. Should I continue saving for retirement? And my answer is always yes. There's always going to be volatility. So if you can afford to continue making your retirement contributions, don't let the volatility of the market keep you away. It's going to increase over time. Yes, they're going to be dips. But over time, the goal is that there's going to be a rise throughout those highs and those lows over time. So continue thinking long-term. Don't get stuck in the short-term thinking. The retirement savings is still key. So if you can continue it, by all means, continue the good habit of saving. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This is so helpful. I thank you for being a voice of reason and compassion in this time when many people are feeling unmoored or uncertain about their financial outlook. I really appreciate your advice. Uh, Any parting thoughts for our listeners? Yeah, I would also say if you're somebody who's looking to start a business because you are looking for more income, that's another thing that many people are doing. They're finding the time to start a little side gig, maybe working in the on-demand economy. There are a lot of opportunities to make a little extra money or a lot of extra money, depending on how much time you want to devote to it. So. That's an option, and and it's a, a certainly a growing segment of the population is finding that uh, working on their own, and I call it solopreneurship. You know, it's this uh, kind of mashup word of of solo and entrepreneur that's become so popular. There are actually over twenty six million small businesses right now, and a majority of them are solo businesses. They are one-person owners that have no employees. So, you know, if that's something that you're interested in, I would love for your listeners to check out my new book. It's called Money Smart Solopreneur, a personal finance system for freelancers, entrepreneurs, and side hustlers. And it will kind of take you through the process of starting a small business if that's something that you're interested in. And, you know, for a lot of people, it might be a way to use your talents and your even turn a hobby into something that could be a money-making venture right now. So this is actually a potential opportunity for many people to take something they've been passionate about before but didn't have time for, And now they have an opportunity to take it further. Yeah, that's a great way to think about it. I mean, if you are somebody who is still working 
you know, a full-time job from home, but you're not commuting, you might have an extra, you know, a couple of hours in your day that you used to, you know, used to spend in the car. And now if you're working from home, that may be uh, an opportunity for you. Uh, I know a lot of people have a lot going on at home, especially if they've got young kids. But if you do have an interest in starting a side business, it can be a really great way to continue your saving, continue the retirement contributions, and feel like you've got a little bit more security with a multiple stream of income, as we say. You know, having a couple different income sources is another way, in my opinion, to reduce anxiety. It can make you feel like, hey, if one of my income sources dries up, I have this other source that I can lean on. Uh, So that's another way, I think, to reduce the stress right now. I can certainly attest to that. You and I are both solopreneurs on top of our day jobs. Or I know your story where you transitioned from having a full-time day job to becoming a solopreneur. And I can personally attest to how not only fun it is to have a little side hustle, but it, it, it really does offer some sense of stability and offers a sense of optimism, too, that counteracts the anxiety when things get tough. So I'm very much looking forward to your book, and I can't wait to get those tips on how to grow that even further. So thank you so much, Laura. I am really excited for your book. I really appreciate your time with us today, and I wish you and yours all the best. Thank you, Jade. You too. Appreciate it. That was Laura Adams, personal finance guru, small business authority, and award-winning author. Her new book is Money Smart Solopreneur, a personal finance system for freelancers, entrepreneurs, and side hustlers. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that, like me, you feel a little bit less anxious about your personal finances after hearing our conversation. Let's continue the conversation on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at QDT Savvy Psych also at Jade Wu PhD. We can also keep in touch through the Savvy Psychologist newsletter. If you subscribe, you'll get some great psychology tips delivered straight to your inbox. Savvy Psychologist is audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg and edited by Karen Hertzberg. As always, Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and does not substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Thank you for joining me. I will see you next week for a happier, healthier mind. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe Right. Get your strip on. Use as directed.